This is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. This is going to be episode number 149. I'm pulling something out of the archives today. If you remember from uh, our last episode, Josh has moved to Montana and he's getting really settled in. And I've had a knee replacement surgery, so we're not quite ready to do a full episode. But I thought it'd be really fun to do one from the archives. And the one I'm pulling out of the archives is beers we like to drink while we're growing. The reason I'm doing that one is because this episode will come out on Thursday, the day after the official start of summer of 2023. And you know, you can grill anytime you want to, but everybody grills during the summer. And while you're grilling, grill something you really like. And if you like beer, have a beer with your grilling and then have another beer while you've while you're eating your food that you've grilled. I know everyone's going to enjoy that. And so have fun with with this episode from the archives. It's not new. It's from the archives and it's beers we like to grill with and drink while we're grilling. Have a great day. I appreciate everyone listening and don't forget we're on the socials, you know. Check us out. We're still out there. We hadn't done much for it's been a month. But we'll try to get things figured out. So, enjoy this uh, episode from the archives. Have a great day. Thank you. This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are happy to have you along with us for a beer week this yeah. week. Yeah, go beer. Yep, and so we have beers for grilling. You know, it warms up here in Arkansas pretty quickly, and... You know, it also cools off very quickly this time of year. Well, three days ago it was 74. Yeah, and I think... Today's at like 54. Yeah, so it's a, it's a roller coaster out here. But we decided to do beers that we like to do with grilling. And I think uh, because of the season, we picked a very specific kind of style of grilling beer. Well, and you, and you said, and you did more, but you said we had to have at least one side that was grilled. Yep, and actually all of mine are grilled. But. Yeah. So, Dad, why don't you tell us what beer you're doing and what are your pairings? So, I have the sixth glass from Boulevard Brewing in Kansas City. And sticking with that Kansas City theme, I have barbecue chips, and I have Kansas City Gates Rub Pork Chop, and I have a secret ingredient that I'll talk about later. And my third is a is Fudge Brownies. Okay, very cool. I don't know cool. if that's Kansas City. That could be anywhere. <laughs> and then for me, I'm doing from our local brewery here, one of our local breweries here in Little Rock, uh, Lost 40. I'm doing their Bourbon Love Honey beer, which is their Love Honey Bock that they barrel age in bourbon barrels. Awesome. They yeah. make a Love Honey that they don't barrel age. Right. It's one of their standard yeah. beers. Yeah, it's a standard go-to beer. You know, it's not... It's not real heavy at all, so it's uh well good. we don't need to talk about it because oh, okay. we're not we're not we're, we're not doing that beer. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Getting off track already. Ooh. I'm man. under two minutes in. And for my sides, my pairings, I have a coffee rubbed New York strip steak that's grilled. I have a grilled hamburger with goat's cheese, bacon, and cooked onions, and then some Italian chicken thighs that I grilled as well. Oh, perfect! Yeah, it's gonna be gonna be real good. Lots of uh, grilled goodness out here. Neither of us have a Traeger, so we don't we don't do that stuff. But we've got a good old charcoal grill that we used. Yeah. But before we jump in, let's talk about the wine from last week. If I'm not mistaken, I called it a Northern Italian wine. Um, I called it a a Nebbiolo wine, and then if it's not Nebbiolo, I think it said it was like Sangiovese or something. Or Chianti. Or Briardo. <laughs> Barbarella. A Barbera. A Barbera, I mean. Pardon me. You said you even went all the way to say, oh, Alba Piedmont 2019. And, um. Uh, How wrong was I? Well, 
Old World, no, is New World. So I was very wrong. North Italy, no. Argentina, south of the equator, uh, Malbec. Okay. Once again, I've come up short. Well, I'm not tricking you, but how many times have I blinded you on a Malbec? And I'm not, you know, it's like, come on, Josh, come on, Josh. And I said, couldn't it be a Malbec and you, or a Shiraz? Because I didn't want to say just Malbec. And you go, well, okay, I'll put Shiraz in the third as my third. <laughs> I didn't. No, anyway. anyway. I guess I just need to drink more Malbec because I don't, obviously, I don't drink it enough that I can't, can't even now, recognize it. We talked last week about the biodynamic days of the year. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed on Valentine's Day about your wine, because it was not a wine day. It was not a fruit day. And I noticed... I drank, I drank beer. Oh, okay. Well, wouldn't... Okay, today's, today's a fruit day, so beer won't count? It, as, as, wild as, dynamic has nothing to do with beer. Okay. It has to do with wine. Okay. Well... I was going to say it's going to be a good day for beer. <laughs> any day is a good day for beer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they don't they don't follow any any kind of calendar like that. It's right, more okay. More has to do with wine. But in talking about all this beer, let's get in and start drinking some of it. Now, okay. we're going to start with my beer. Once again, mine is the Bourbon Love Honey Bock from Lost 40 Brewing here in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh while Lost 40 is probably it was not the first brewery in arkansas especially in little rock i would say it's probably one of the most popular around town it it has become very well established in the what seven years it's been open Uh uh-huh yeah i think that's right six seven years that it's been open or maybe eight years anyway it's been under 10 years that they've been open and they've they've come to establish themselves fairly well in the in the world in the world of little rock beer and this is, like I said, this is their one of their small batch projects that they've done. It is a Bourbon Love Honey Bock. This is actually something that I've been saving in my beer corner for a little while. And it's such a good beer. You know, Why don't you bring some of those beers over in this corner? Because they'll disappear. Oh, okay. <laughs> if All I right. wanted them to disappear, they would go in the fridge. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but this beer is, it's great. The Love Honey Bock uses local honey as part of the process that they use in their beer making. And a Bach is a kind of a medium medium style beer. Probably the most famous Bach or the most well-known Bach out there is Shiner Bach. Yep. Uh, so it's a middle-of-the-road amber style beer that is it's very delicious. I love it because it's got a nice like little sweet tang to it. Mm-hmm. Normally, it's only 7.5% alcohol. Which wow. is kind of surprising to me because the love honey itself is th- is I think like six. Okay. So the barrel aging didn't actually jump it up very much. Well, that, that yeah, it's not a, it's not like ninety nine, but they do three barrels, so well, they used to. Yeah, used to. And and so the now, the food tell me again your sides. The food that we have is we have some coffee rub New York strip steak. We have a burger that has. That I grilled. It has goat cheese, Colby Jack cheese, bacon, and onion on it, and then a uh, chicken thigh that is was seasoned with Italian seasoning. Okay. Okay. And all the all the protein except the bacon was grilled. Okay. So it's like best on place can be difficult. <laughs> it's like Usually meat, is difficult. meat, meat. Which meat? Okay. Well, they're all different. And so there's no order, right? There's absolutely no order to this. Okay. You know, they're you know, there's they're all they're all gonna be very different in flavor mm-hmm. because the coffee rubbing of the steak's gonna give a have a nice bitterness to it. Mm-hmm. And then a burger and then the chicken. So what are you smelling as your as your nose in the beer? Well, I get a lot of sweet smell. And then I get um a little bit of that vanilla because I think because of the being in the barrel barrel age i don't really get any fruitiness maybe i better nose it again uh when i the beer that it came from the honey bock is very sweet 
but this just has enough sweetness for me to notice it. Okay. Uh, and the honey bock is golden in color. And this is a dark, dark amber, or what would you say? Maybe tan. And it's dark and tan. Brown. It's, it's brown. It's like a brown ale. It's not like the 99, which is black, because that's a stout. But yeah, there's a lot of both both these beers that we're drinking are pretty dark. And I don't know what, you know, those SR whatever numbers. Don't know what that means. But Oh, the color, the yeah. depth of color. Yeah. Now it's lost. Both of them have lost their uh, head, but, you know, I'll give a little whirl and here it comes again. So that's good. Yeah. You know, mine is, like I said, this is actually from last year's run and it's been kind of aging so it's mellowed it's actually mellowed a little bit mm-hmm. the bourbon isn't there's not a whole lot of bourbony flavor on it there's you get some of that you still get some of the honey but it's very soft it's like very rounded mm-hmm. not really like the honey bot can be very angular kind of harsh with its sweetness this is very rounded very mm-hmm. developed mm-hmm. very together mm-hmm. and you know it's it's a great representation of a box style beer, I think. Or even, you know, if you've never had a Belgian strong ale, mm-hmm. this reminds me of a Belgian strong. You get that really depth maltiness. You have a really a sweetness that comes through. Mm-hmm. There's just not quite as much depth with mm-hmm. this as a Belgian strong style beer. But it does have some bitterness on that back end. Mm-hmm. And then I just tried the coffee rub steak. And those go well, very well, because of that that coffee bitterness and then the bitterness of the beer and then the sweetness, if you will, of the steak. They go well, go really well together. Now, I'm going to have to take another drink and my, my mouth dried out a little bit, so I'm thirsty again. Well, not only that, not only just the, like the bitterness of the coffee, but when you cook, when you do a coffee rub steak over an open flame and you get that fire that comes up, it actually kind of chars that coffee, that exterior a little bit more mm-hmm. in that, but it's not, it's not that bitter char, like a burn. It you get that nice little light, that light bitteringness, that little bit of, I don't know how to describe char, <laughs> like fiery kind of flavor, like fire kind of flavor. Earthy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to describe, but you get that with that coffee, and then you get the nice, you get the meat flavor coming in because all that's on here is espresso, coffee, mm-hmm. salt, and pepper. Mm-hmm. I didn't do anything else to it besides that. So I really like, at least so far, I like this pairing because you get that play of the bitter kind of charness plus the sweetness. I. I it's a really good beer. Yeah. I, of course, I love barrel age. Mm-hmm. You know, give me a barrel aged against something else, I'll pick the barrel age. <laughs> well, not all something else's, but. Well, and it's interesting that we both pick bigger styles of beer. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people may have thought grilling beers as going to be, you know, cooler fillers. Well, it's like I said uh, last week. I, I said you can do a porter, you can do a stout, you can do a wheat. You, you can do anything you want to. You can do a bit light if you thought you had to. Right, you know, a lot of people, you know, that's that's their go-to maybe when they're grilling is is a light beer. I like the smokiness of grilling to go with a bolder beer that may have its own characteristic of smoky bitter taste to it. Yeah, and sometimes, like if we're if we're smoking ribs, like we did a couple weeks ago for the Chiefs game. You know, maybe we have a cigar with it. Yeah. You know, and then you're getting smoke on smoke on the bitterness of the beer smoke. So I I just, we could have, you know, we could have picked a wheezer if you wanted to or porter. Well, you know, I actually, I had a hard time because, you know, like you said, you can really grab any beer you want. This time of year, I like a little bit of a bigger beer when I'm grilling because it is usually cooler outside. And, you know. I may not be drinking this all the time while I'm mm-hmm. grilling, but I think it goes well with the food that you usually get that comes off the grill. Mm-hmm. 
that kind of charriness, that bitteriness is complemented by the sweeter, maltier styles of beer. Mm-hmm. Right. But let me tell you, on a hot day, if I'm standing out in the grill in the sun, you know, this beer might be a little bit heavy. I may just want to grab like a Montucky or something a little bit on the lighter side that's a little bit crisp and clear and refreshing to kind of give that palate clearing. But I think when it comes to the food, these bigger style of beers are going to go really well because they'll, they give you that balance of flavor unless you're looking for something like Dave was talking about when we did his episode mm-hmm. of you want that kind of refreshing clearing kind of thing because grilled food can be heavy too mm-hmm. now i've uh i've seen you munching on the the chicken what do you think about the chicken with the beer so between the chicken and the steak the steak went out already uh the so what herbs did you put on the chicken it's just an Itali- italian it's just an italian seasoning okay and then that you know chicken is such a lighter meat so much sweeter to me it just didn't it didn't give the same play as the steak did for uh, the beer so i liked it the herbs were okay i think to make that chicken more robust to match this beer would have been better okay nothing wrong with italian seasonings but I think if you were in Italy and you used this same chicken, you wouldn't be drinking this kind of beer because I don't know that I don't know that Italy even has it. Peroni. Well, Peroni's not, but it to me it's light beer. It is light beer. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's good. Uh, there's a lot of juiciness with that chicken, and it's cooked very well, Josh. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. It really plays sweet. I think if maybe if the chicken was marinated. A little bit more rather than just heavily seasoned mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this. But definitely, I definitely like the, the, the chicken thighness. You get that little bit of a heavier chicken light flavor. Mm-hmm. But it really does play on the sweetness of the beer and really kind of elevates that. It makes the beer a little bit more refreshing, though. Mm-hmm. What is that? Now, Lost 40 is, like I said, now, they have become very well established here in central Arkansas with their beer program and what they do. Um, they've opened up, they have a, I guess you could say it's a sister property now called Camp Taco where they're doing some other brewing and more lager style, longer uh, ferment brews out of, which has been really cool because it's allowed, it's given them their kind of their small experimental stuff back. Exactly. Which has gone. And it's uh, it's been, in my opinion, it's been really missed in what they've been doing. Yeah, it was really cool to go down there like every week. And, and here comes this little five-gallon keg or 15 or how, however big it was. And every week was a different one. And they tapped it and people drank it till it's gone. Yeah, I, I missed that. I missed that as well. But I know with... COVID and everything that made it a little bit harder, so they had to focus on new beer. And something that they've really started doing, which is very interesting, is they've hit the seltzer game very hard. Oh, okay. They have about 10, I think 10 different seltzer flavors they do. One line is a whole lot of uh, snow cone flavors. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I'm not into seltzer too much, but not a a lot of people are. Yeah. Kind of that snow cone flavor thing, but it's been uh, it's been interesting. Where do you uh, you find anything on them, or what are you looking at? Well, I was trying to see what year they started because I think it's been longer than ten years, but I can't remember. But yeah, they they've got some really great beers. Of course, like you said, they're not the first in Arkansas. You know, Diamond Bear was probably the first official brewery. Vino's had a place in there. Uh, pizza restaurant that they made beer that literally vino's was absolutely the first in little rock but they didn't make much right you know i think they only had like a one barrel set up so no these are really good beers it's just you know i've not had this one and i guess the this year's will come out soon or do you know i'm not sure i know they just put out the doppel box mm-hmm 
Which is also very good. So the sandwich, tell me again how that's done. It's a burger. It's a burger. Okay. It has goat cheese. It has Colby Jack cheese. It has bacon. And it has onions that I cooked in the bacon fat. Oh, okay. Ooh. That's got to be good. Have you tried it yet? Yeah. It's So it's really interesting. What it is is it's one of those things that there's a lot going on in the sandwich itself, in the burger itself, because the goat cheese has the that tang and the acidity, that kind of creamier mouthfeel. You get the really a nice burger depth flavor, and the bacon is actually maple bacon. Oh, okay. So you get that salty, sweet play there, and same with like the the sweet, crispy charriness of the onions that really kind of play in and I think really open up. It's an English muffin that you it is. I couldn't find any buns. (laughs) So I improvised. (laughs) Okay. Which I mean okay. I'm not a traditionalist when it comes to a bun on a burger. I think an English muffin is fine. Anyway. Yes, it's on an English muffin and it honestly was that was a necessity thing. I forgot to bring the buns up here. But I think what it does is it doesn't, the bun does that, it doesn't get in the way okay. of everything there. I toast at the bottom, and it's just a really good vessel to move it forward. But what it does is you, you have all those different flavors that are going on. When you get to the beer, it really opens up and expands the beer. I taste a lot more of in the beer after having this burger because the acidity opens up some of that really depth of the maltiness. The sweetness plays with the bitterness. The burger the burger opens up and develops a little bit more of kind of the mid palate of the beer where you're getting a little bit more of that box style, whereas when you're just kind of eating it by itself or drinking it by itself, you just get this like nice feel and wash over of of malty and sweetness. Where this kind of opens up some of that depth of what's going on in in the beer itself, I think. I'm trying to figure it out. I've got my mouth. Open. I know it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of a head fake because you. I mean, we both tried the burger last, mm-hmm. and we had gone through with the steak and the the chicken. It was very similar to what it was when you were drinking it by itself, and then. You have this, and it just kind of changes everything. So what kind of cheese is on there? There's goat cheese and Colby Jack. Okay. So really, you got Colby Jack, goat cheese, burger, bacon, and then the, and the muffin. Onion. Oh, there's onion. Yeah, there's no mustard on there. The muffin. Oh, English the muffin. Muffin, yeah. So, no wonder there's just an explosion of things in my mouth because all those different flavors, they're not, okay, they're not really melded together. It's just that when you get one bite, if you got everything that I just listed in one bite, which I didn't on the second bite because the bacon fell off in my plate, (laughs) it's hard to say what, (laughs) what flavor is happening because we've had these other flavors, like you said. Now, how did you, how did you season the burger? Just salt, pepper, salt, pepper, onion powder, onion powder. Okay, so all of that and the sweetness of this beer is sort of there's some there's some things going on like competition because that sweetness is saying, "Hey, I'm sweet," and the beer and the and the sandwich is going, "Well, I don't care. I'm over here with all these flavors." Take another drink. Take another drink, which I did. Yeah, and then it's like, okay, now I'm starting to get get that barrel, ta- barrel aging, and it's not taste of a barrel. Is the barrel? Well, okay, what's in a barrel? It's got the char of a barrel. Uh, these are whiskey barrels, right? Bourbon, yes. Bourbon. Okay, bourbon <laughs> barrels. So you got that sweetness of the bourbon. I mean, there's a whole lot going on there. So that, you know, I'm not sure, but that might be best on plate. I mean, I'm not sure. Well, I think the... I'm going to have to go back to that. 
coffee roaster. <laughs> I think one of the things that kind of wakes this beer up is the acidity that you're getting from that goat cheese. You know, nothing else that we've had has had much acidity to it. Okay, that we, I heard you say acidity, and wasn't sure where you're getting it from. The the steak and the and the chicken didn't really have any acidity to it, but the goat cheese has that acidity to it. The only place we're really getting kind of some acidity would be from the coffee. Okay. In the coffee rub. Okay. Steak. But I'm just getting, like, the mid-palate to me of this beer is just completely changed. You know, it starts sweet, but the sweetness fades to the outside, but right in the middle as you're drinking it, I get that depth of malt. I get that yes. really depth of malt that I love on a good Bach beer. Yes. And you have the, like, funky honey. It's not the sweetness of the honey. It's that it's the thing that makes honey different than sugar. Yeah. And you have that just depth of that depth of flavor that comes in almost like it's almost like there's some umami-ness. Mm-hmm. umami that's coming through that wasn't coming through early. I think you're right. And it wasn't Italian. <laughs> it wasn't the chicken umami. No. <laughs> but it, yes, it is definitely definitely there. And I'm wanting to reach over and grab mine to see how the that plays out. It's gonna go I'll do really, that later. It's going to go really well with your beer. Yeah, I think so. I mean, now, I finally, I finally looked it up, and you were right. Um, it's been like ten years because they uh, lost forty started uh, in Little Rock in twenty fourteen. So this year, this December will be their ninth year. And I don't see it December, but yeah. Well, no, I remember it. Okay. I remember because it had just opened. And Marie had come back in town for Christmas, mm. and we went there. Okay, okay. So, well, I don't really have much more about this beer. Wow, um, we still got I beer don't, I, I, Oh, you don't? I mean, I have a can that I can open. No, we got another but beer. I'll take one. I I think I can already tell you what my best on plate is, and it's it's kind of crazy because I did not expect it at the beginning. I honestly expected. Don't go there yet. I'm not gonna say it. I expected something else to be my best on plate. Okay. As we're switching over, it's very interesting that we have you know these two beers. I keep saying that, but you know, Boulevard was kind of our lost forty when we were living in Kansas City mm-hmm. at the time because it was around the time that they were just getting going. And I think it's kind of interesting that, you know, we have a Lost 40 beer and a Boulevard beer. <laughs> That's kind of nothing our, wrong with that. Our two beers. No, beer. nothing, nothing wrong with it. It's just, it's an uh, interesting so coincidence. We're, we're switching over. I see you grabbing, grabbing uh, my beer. Well, yeah, because I'm, I'm out. Okay. So, I'm uh, remind everybody, my, my beer is the sixth glass from Boulevard Brewing in Kansas City. My sides are barbecue chips. Kansas City Gates rub on a pork chop that was grilled, and I have a secret ingredient that I'll talk about in just a minute, and I have a fudge brownie. So my theme, goat cheese, my theme was Kansas City because we loved the cheese. We lived in Kansas City. We didn't live in Kansas City Mo. We didn't live in Kansas City, Kansas, but we lived in suburbs, and so... The Chiefs were our team, and Kansas City was where Josh kind of grew up a little bit. The only the only professional lived, football game I've ever been to was a Chiefs game. We we went with Woody. Yes, and it it was and it probably still is extremely hard to get tickets yeah. to be able to go, especially uh, they said the average price of of the Chiefs game. Well, it wasn't in Kansas City, but in Arizona, it's like $8,000 to go oh, to Super, Super Bowl. Bowl game. Yeah. That's different. So, this beer is called the Sixth Glass, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but Boulevard Brewing uh, started in 1989, so it's a little older than Lost 40. And <laughs> just, they, just, a, just a little bit. Just a little bit. And I have these poured up in what's called the smokestack series glasses 
and this beer is like of the smokesack series and that keeps changing i mean you can look at the list and it probably maybe so it originally was a smokestack series but it has moved to a year round yes it has i was going to say that because if you look at the smokestack series list now you won't see it on there but it's a year-round beer it is a sipper (laughs) yeah because it's ten and a half if i got it memorized right yep Ten and a half is up there toward, you know, like 99. And it is a classified as a quad. Yep. So it is full, full, full body beer. So what is a quad? Well, that means four times of the malt and up there on the, up there on the alcohol and, you know, means a lot of things to a different people. Well, because so tradi- tra- if you if you as a home brewer if you took four times your barley and started making a beer, you might blow the house up if you were a home brewer and cooking in the house. <laughs> yeah. So what were you going to say for? Well, no, it's, it's exactly right. Traditionally it is it's four times the amount of malt as a wheat beer. As a standard Belgian beer, so a Belgian blonde he would use four times the amount of malt and Belgian strong is usually a double right or a triple right and the quad are these big bold beers that have a lot of malt in them which malt is your sugar which gives you the Mm -hmm. yeast which gives, Mm -hmm. gives you the alcohol which is always why these are always a bit bigger they're special beers traditionally Traditionally, winter special beers. So I get, I get, uh, and that you're absolutely correct. But I, I get, uh, don't know how to say that I really smell a Belgium yeast. But if you've had a lot of Belgium ales, you kind of, you kind of realize what that might smell like, and you get these dark fruits with this beer, and you get like maybe caramel. Really got that dark caramel kind of flavor color as well. Um, the bitterness of the hops. I mean, it's, I'd have to, I didn't look it up. It's not that high. 27 according oh, to the bottle. Okay, thank you. So 27 is like really, really mid-range. I mean, you know, the hop heads would go, oh, that's nothing. And, um, but I do, when I taste my first, take my first sip of this beer, I really sense the alcohol. It's like I almost taste that zing of alcohol in it. It's definitely weight. To me, it's definitely weighty. And when you talk about the yeast, that the yeast characteristic is tropical. Some people will say banana. Some people will say, like, it just has a tropical fruit feel. But it's like bananas foster, you know cooked caramelized depth of flavor deep super ripe bananas plantains Mm -hmm. like that's to me that's the yeast characteristic the other thing that gets me with that is when i have that plus the mouthfeel i know the alcohol is going to be up there right okay that that's well said and you know 27 27 is not much to a hop head but 27 in the realm of like standard beer is mid-range you can find some pale ales that'll run you at about 27 27 30 and they have to you got to think about this they have to balance the beer out right so they have to add the hops to give it that balance otherwise it's just going to be syrup it's going to be malt syrup (laughs) exactly (laughs) i i love this beer no side note you've had it before i've had this beer a ton of times but there's a side note about boulevard in these beers that i absolutely love they're high bv and they're still serving them in six packs mm-hmm. and they're just about as much as the four packs for some of the other beers that are like this would this run you about 16 bucks 16 to 20 on a six pack it was 18 something and i had a two dollar and fifty cent credit <laughs> yeah but here's the thing but yeah it's a six pack it's and, a six pack and, and it's 
high alcohol beer. Most of the time, you're going to pay that for a four-pack for other people, which is one of the things I just love about Boulevard. They're still running the, you know, the six glass, the tank seven, the, uh, wow, what's the other one they do? They have another quad. I think they call it just the quad. I think, yeah, I think it is the quad that they also run in a six-pack. That's high BB. The bourbon barrel quad. Yeah, that's in a (laughs) six-pack. Like, it's ridiculous. The whiskey barrel stout. I mean, they they got it. The Phantom Haze. And <laughs> yeah. Boulevard Boulevard's a great beer. In the Smokestack series, they if I can find it, it there's one of my favorite beers I've ever had has come from that. And it's called the Cesson Brett. And it's a Cesson beer that has uh, their local Brettomyces yeast that they use. And it is so funky and so weird and such a great farmhouse ale. It's it's just it's yearly and it can be hard to find. It is hard to find. The tank sevens. I mean, it's a it's a every day. They make it every day or every year. I mean, it's on the list, so you can find that all the time. The sets on Brett. No, the tank seven. I'm talking about the sets on Brett. No, I. I, I, <laughs> yeah, no, no, you can't find it. It's not no. even on this look of smokestack series at this point. Yeah, and it only comes in their smokestack series is traditionally corked. 750s yeah so what have you what have you had to eat yet dad have you had anything to eat yet i haven't and uh so let me you take some time did i go through my size i did yeah okay so the secret ingredient okay of the of the pork i told you about the kansas city gates seasoning yes but the secret ingredient is a chestnut honey you've talked about the special honey that you've gotten from your friend? Yeah. Okay, this chestnut honey I got in Italy. And so I used that as a rub and then put and put the Kansas City uh, Gates seasoning on it. And that's why I have on the table, if you want to try it, is the chestnut honey itself. Now when we were in Italy that's where we that's where we got it and you know Chestnuts are a big thing all over the world. In fact, you know, chestnuts ro- roasting on an open flame, open fire. You can buy them on the streets in Italy during the winter. Well, you can buy them in the streets in probably a lot of places. And, but yes, yes, we saw them. And we went to this town, and I don't know where it was. It's somewhere between Gabiziano and Luga. And they took us to this place, this restaurant. And they had chestnut beer, and that it's an interesting beer <laughs> to use chestnuts because it's a really distinct flavor. But I thought the rub, the honey, what was it? You had you had your special honey rub from last week, and that's why I wanted to do this, and it just gives it a special flavor on that pork. Now the label. It's a quite interesting label. It's it's like you got this the sixth glass, but you've also on the on the I guess it's the box because it's not on my bottle, but it's like a devil. You can see their horns coming out of the S. Yeah, and it's from the Hans Christian Andersen poem. It's where that originated, and that's where they came up with it. And somewhere in the poem, it says something about the sixth glass. Got the poem in front of me, and I just, for the life of me, I can't see it. But that's where that came from, and that's a lot of history. And it's it's fantastic to me that these guys go into that such research to come up with how they want the label to look and how they want the beer to taste. Yeah. So speaking of taste, <laughs> so I've done the chips and the pork. And I've done the pork by itself, and I've done the pork plus honey. You know, it goes really well with the chips, because the chips have a, you know, a slight heat for me as a week as a weakling. There's okay. a slight heat to the chips that the aka spicy that the beer does well to calm down and kind of carry over. But it also the all the barbecue flavoring goes really well with what's in the beer. The pork also goes well with the beer. 
with the honey, it gets to me, it gets a little sweet. Um, even though that chestnut honey has a funkiness to it because of the chestnuts. Mm-hmm. And there's not chestnuts in the honey. It's the bees pollinate a chestnut grove. Right. And that's where the honey comes from. Right. That's where the pollen comes from to make the honey. And I think that's why uh, the the pool got so uh, charred. Yeah. Yeah. But there, you also just get this nice, you know, the pork has a nice light flavor to it. The gates rub. I don't really find much of the gates rub when I eat it. Mm-hmm. But it goes well with the beer. The beer, you know, definitely shines in both those applications of the pairing. What about you? I know you're... Um, Trying to catch you up to where give you a second to where you can eat, but so the the pork to me, you're right. I'm careful with the gates rub because it can be very spicy. Yeah, it can be, and it's how I do my ribs. I use the gates rub, and so I didn't want to overpower this pork with the gates rub because I think it would overpower the beer. At this point, I think the beer and the pork. Especially to me, with that honey, they're just together. The spiciness of of the pork with the little bit of gates and the sweetness of that honey goes so well with the sweetness and the spiciness of the beer. You know, I wonder what it would be like if you would have done like a like a brush, like a brush sauce yeah. with Gates barbecue sauce. With some honey in it, with that honey in it too, would have kind of brushed it on, like basted it as as well, it was cooking. It's interesting you say that because um, on the first side of the pork, I used the gates rub and put it on first, okay, and I patted it down and put a little, you know, a little kosher salt too, and then I put the honey on, and they globbed up, yeah, <laughs> because the honey and the gates rub just kind of congealed each other and I go, Oh man, what happened here? <laughs> and I think you're right. If if so we do our ribs and our meat dry and this was not technically dry because it did have the honey. And the reason we've done it dry is because if you if you put your whatever kind of sauce you're gonna use on your meat and you put it on that flame that flame will burn that meat. And that's what happened here with my pork because it wants to burn that sauce up. And so that's why, you know, I watch, I watch these guys, you know, maybe on TV or YouTube or whatever, and they're dabbing that, that sauce. I like to do a dry rub. And then if I think I need sauce later, put it on the plate. Right. And, you know, that's in a, that's in a, in a smoked application, but I think with the way that this cooked, you know, cause you got a good sear on it and then we kind of moved it to indirect heat to where it wouldn't have burned afterward. But if you would have, I think it would have been interesting to see because that gate spice has such a depth of flavor, mm-hmm. the sauce, sorry, gates sauce has such a depth of flavor and then moving in and bringing that funky sweetness of the chestnut honey and getting some of that, caramelizing without burning would be an interesting addition. I think it'd be an interesting addition to this or doing burnt ends and having that honey on there. Okay. I think it'd be really good because I like, like I said, you know, when I eat the meat, I don't really get much of the Gates flavor. Mm -hmm. You get that kind of standard barbecue flavor. Let me go. Let me go get the Gates. (laughs) You pause. No, I don't need that. Well, and the other thing is, I personally prefer the sweeter style of barbecue sauce Mm -hmm. because I don't like a bunch of heat. Right. But I think this beer could definitely stand up to heat, even though it is 10.2% alcohol. Mm -hmm. There's enough residual sugar in the beer that I think would calm down some of that heat. I think vinegar would work well. Also, that cut of vinegar would help cut through some of that weightiness of the right, beer, right. of both of the beers. And I think that's why the goat cheese works really well. Yeah. Worked really well with my beer because that acidity Correct. cut through some of that to allow more of the depth of the beer. 
So in this poem, I finally found it. Way, 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 way down in the poem. I'll just jump to the what it says. And who who's the poet? Hans Christian Andersen. So that's famous right there. Okay. Cinderella. And it says way down at the toward of the end of the poem, and it says the sixth class. Yes, in that sits Satan himself. A little, well dressed, charming man who never contradicts you. Tells you you were right. Always right. He comes with a lantern to guide you home. And I could go on and on. But that's who that's who they're talking about in this in this beer. It's like this beer is the sixth glass, and you definitely cannot drink six of them. <laughs> That's not the point. No. The, you know, you will point. find Satan in that sixth glass, <laughs> I, I promise so. you. Exactly. <laughs> There's an old legend about a saint who was ordered to choose one of the seven deadly sins and choose that he thought was the least. Drunkenness. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. That is not the least of the de- seven deadly sins, let me tell you that. Mm. Anyway. This is a really good beer. So I've had it so, with I've had it with the brownie. Okay. And it's just a regular brownie. There's not like any icing or anything on it, right? No, the it's a fudge brownie. It's so there's, re- there's fudge somewhere in here, I guess. It goes really, really well, I think, with this beer because and I don't know and I don't get it. Because I was expecting it not to work with the residual sugar that's in the beer and the sweetness of the brownie. But maybe there's just not enough sweetness in the brownie that it just gives this an underworldly presence mm. to the beer, kind of bottoms out the beer rather than changing it to go bitter like we've talked about before with wines. What do you think? I just tried it, and it's very good. I don't know that it's best on plate. I'm gonna. This is going to be tough. But you're right. That brownie is not that sweet. And okay, the beer is not that sweet. But between the two of them, neither one of them overpower the other. But the beer dries your mouth out just enough that you say, well, I think I need another drink. Well, wait a minute. I'm going to try that brownie again. <laughs> and yeah. then get another drink. Well, I had it the opposite as you were saying that. Opposite? Yeah, that the brownie actually, like the brownie actually does the drying. Well, either one. I mean, it, it it does entice. It always entices you to go back for more. I wonder what some like good salt, like big flaky sea salt, on top would do with it. Ooh. Like the crunchy, like get a good like big maldon or something like that. You should have told me that before I finished cooking. Well, I didn't think about it. I didn't think about it. I didn't bring it for my steak either, so obviously mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. think about it. But that crunchy bit of salt, I think, on both the steak and that, because there's a lot of similarities to being honest, like thinking through flavor profiles and styles and everything besides the meat versus no meat. There are similarities between the two, between the steak and the and the, and the brownie. Because you get that, like, little bit of astringency. It's not bitter but it's not overly sweet you get that kind of depth of flavor and i think that like bite of salt either way may have been so may i have just tried out. i just tried your beer with that brian nope <laughs> doesn't go good nope well it goes but it, it nope it didn't go like this does yeah and i don't know what what the true difference is well there's a completely different beer as the base yeah they're do- totally different we need to have a beer off. <laughs> Which beer is better? <laughs> there, you know, best there, on plate. Okay, best on beer. Uh, well, I'm here? already I'm already starting to think, and I think I've got my best on plates. Okay, almost well. set. Okay, we'll take another drink. To... Just just about set. It's really good. Like there's your both really good beers. They're both so. You know, I talked about, like, styles of grilling beers at the beginning. Mm-hmm. These are definitely not, like, I'm going to stand at the grill and drink these while I grill beers. No. These are beers to go with grilled food more than 
I'm going to drink it while I'm grilling. Or these are beers that go well with us smoking meat for six hours. Long cook grill. Yeah. And if, if you had, if you were grilling something on, you know, you, you fire it up and you put your meat on the other side of the grill and you got your thermometer in the, in the meat okay, and this is going to take three hours. It's like, yeah, you can go over there and sit down and drink yeah. the beers. But yeah, if you're busy grilling. I don't want something a little bit lighter. No, you're Maybe. Not, this is really not what you would do. You would. You'd go over there and get that. Maybe we need to read. I'm not going to do that Bud Light, but I might go over there and get that wheat beer. Maybe we need to revisit this in the summer. You oh, know, yeah? This idea in the summer and say, what what beers at at the grill kind of thing when it's hot outside? What are our, what are our uh, backyard barbecue party beers kind mm. of thing? Cooler fillers. That's a, that's a, that's a topic for a different. That sounds good, but that's I'm, a I'm that's an idea because while I think these these beers have shown extremely well with grilled foods or with barbecue foods, I think there's a difference for the initial idea of the topic. But anyway, but you know, ten point two and twenty two IBUs is not something you're going to sit there and slam as you're grilling. If you do, you're going to find the devil in that sixth glass. Exactly. What's the name of that poem, by the way? Uh, something about the tower. Hold on. The Watchtower. <laughs> Ode the Tower Keeper. Ode the Tower Keeper. Of course, that's translated. So it's probably Ode to the Tower Keeper, the Tower Keeper's Ode. Yeah. Well, anything else, or are you ready to talk well, what's best? I think I'm ready. Unless you want to know the chestnut beer recipe. I really don't. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to make beer with chestnuts. I don't know right. if I'm going to drink a beer but, with chestnuts. I mean, this chestnut honey is amazing because it's it's got so many antioxidants in it, and it's got all kinds of good good inhibitors of, of you know bad stuff. But that's, it is that, funky. That's one of the things that it uh, is the funkiest honey I've ever had. Well, and one of the things it says is it it has you know a source of minerals and high iron and all kinds of good things for your heart maybe i don't be eating some of it every day <laughs> <laughs> okay you're gonna do best on plate you you're gonna have to start on me all right best on my plate is the burger okay the burger and that beer were i mean that was that was amazing was that lights out I don't know if it was light. I don't know if I can equate it that way. It's just, a, it was amazing to me how it changed the beer. It's amazing to me how I got more in the mid palate of the beer than I've ever had before drinking this beer. Okay. It was, it was amazing. Well, am I going? Well, yeah. Or are you doing my, my plate? Well, I, how do you want to do it, Dad? Okay, I can go. Okay, what you got? So... I could say the burger, but the burger kind of confused me because there was so many things going on. I was having to, this is too much work, listeners. The engineer brain kicked in. Yeah, this is too much work for me. It's like, what went best with this beer? Was it the, was it the burger, the bacon, the onion? Well, no, that's a package. But the engineering brain can't say the package. (laughs) <laughs> that's the problem the plan so for me the so for me the best on plate with your beer was was the coffee rub steak yeah i didn't have to do a whole lot of dissecting that was so that, that was what i thought was going to be best did you really i did because but the because the that coffee poor chicken this. i mean that that's a great way to do chicken yeah um and maybe that would have gone like with a let's not go Bud Light or anything, but let, let's a lighter say, style, okay, a lighter style beer, yeah, yeah, like a wee beer, yeah, lighter style, or just beer maybe beer. the Honey Bop, just a plain old Honey maybe. Bop. Right, what do you got on my plate? The brownie, that brownie was so good. The way the way it played against the beer in an unexpected way, I thoroughly enjoyed. 
And I think it changed the beer just enough, which is something I really enjoy when I'm dissecting pairings. The way it played against the sweetness of the beer and added a bottom tone to the beer. And they worked, to me, they worked the best in harmony. Okay. Together. Did you try the pork with and without the the honey? I did. Chestnut honey? Uh-huh. And what happened? I liked it with the honey more than without the honey. Okay, right. But the funkiness of that honey just couldn't. It disappeared. It couldn't beat so, the. Well, no, it's, it's not. It didn't. It's not that it didn't beat the brownie. It disappeared in the beer. Okay, I got it. Because of that high malty sweetness, that kind of disappeared into into that when I tasted the beer. So I think next time, if we do a next time. What needs to happen with that pork and the honey, there needs to be more of the gate spice to kind of to kind of go with that honey. Cause that, and maybe just slap the honey on at the end. I don't know. I, I was a little disappointed myself because I thought that was going to be, boom, that's best on plate. Well, then what was your best on plate? That brownie. <laughs> the brownie was really good. <laughs> I mean the chips. We could do the chips with chips any beer, good. and I, I I love those chips. I mean the barbecue chips, the the Kansas City style beer. The the to me barbecue chips is Kansas City all over. Right. I got a I got a footnote about about Boulevard Brewing that I forgot to tell you. You may not remember this. Let's see. They started in eighty nine. We were born in 86. We moved back to Kansas City in 92. So in 90, I'm not sure what year. They have a beer school. Yeah. I went to their beer school. And what you learn is you learn about beer, of course. You learn how to pour beer. No, you don't learn. You learn how to pour beer, okay? Down the side of the glass. Okay, big deal. But you learn how to pull the tap and to fill that beer glass. And that's that's something that, unless you're behind that bar, you don't really know how to do it. You think, okay, I, you know, you learn how to pour down the side of the glass. Okay, I, I want to just halfway pull that tap. And then you get all this a- extra air. No, you pull the tap all the way and you put the glass at that angle. And you learn how to do that. They never called me to work. <laughs> yeah. Because there were so many in the class. Right. I looked it up. There were classes last year. And I called today and, you know, nobody answered the phone because it's like, you know, this is the event line. The best way to get a hold of us is, is send us an email. I'm going to probably send them an email because. I think they're still doing that. And I think that's something that people in that Kansas City area would like to know about, that you could take that beer class and learn and drink. <laughs> yeah. What they say is you'll drink enough beer that uh, is taco night. <laughs> <laughs> so I I really enjoy that, and I love Boulevard Brewing. I mean, they, they are so good. They, they are, uh, they've had issues, you know, the – CEO or whoever he was left and the and the owner came out of retirement and blah 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 but um their beer has not changed in quality though. No. It and and actually it, a lot of things have gotten better. They've been selling more of their wheat beer and more of this other beer and you know, it's just amazing. Yeah. By the way, side note, one of the best standard beers that you can get in almost any bar in the United States boulevard wheat and mm-hmm. it is extremely underrated too great that's, beer great beer if you oh, like that, yeah you like that, lighter style one, beers that's the one that said it's just skyrocket if you like lighter style beers or if you like beer in general and you've never had it go to your local beer hall and see if you can get a boulevard wheat it is definitely worth it right and on that note oh let's get you a blind i'll pour it up got him a wonderful blind poured up so let her rip dad Okay, it's a. Uh, it's almost. It's not clear. It's got a. Uh, oh, it's effervescing like crazy. I've got some nice little head on it. 
It's got a uh, very light golden color. It's a beautiful color. Beautiful color. I'm going to try to sniff it and let's see if I can smell anything. So I'm getting some, I'm getting some florality. I'm not sure, not sure what. Not as congested as I have been, but I'm going to use that excuse if I need to. So it's definitely not as dark as the beers we just had. I will say this. You've had this beer many times. Uh-oh. Honey Bob. Okay, we're done. <laughs> Wrong. Huh? <laughs> it is not Honey Bob. <laughs> okay. Many times. Uh-oh. Anyway, don't let that deter you. Just no, go you, through the beer. The, that was a trip up if I ever heard one. I'm not really smelling much at all. I might have to taste it, okay? So, there's not a lot of bittering to it. There's not a lot of sweetness to it it's it's kind of neutral in that aspect so because of the color we can already throw out you know porters stouts we heavies i'm not you know we won't say what else i can throw out but um it throws me off when i he says i've had it well then forget that and just taste the beer how do you forget it? It's like the judge says, uh, don't remember what that guy just said. <laughs> Taste breakfast. Eat some of this bread. Sorry, my palate. Oh, no. Is this beer in my fridge? I mean, <laughs> when I pulled it out from being chilled, it was in your fridge. Okay. <laughs> Did it come from your fridge? <laughs> no. Good. I like it. It's definitely not what we just had. Okay, but what are you tasting in it? That's the hard part. <laughs> so, I, like I said, I've got some sweetness, but I don't have any real bittering. So, I, the IBUs would, let's say the perceived IBUs would have to be low. So, I do not think it's an, an Indian pale ale. I don't think. Last night I went to the, the uh, basketball game and I had a Diamond Bear Pale Ale. I don't think it's a Diamond Bear Pale Ale. So, what is that? That leaves a lot of stuff open. Well, it leaves ambers. It yeah. leaves wheats. It leaves, well, you, you haven't said anything about it not being a Belgian white. So, Belgian whites. Yeah. Hefeweizens. I don't think it's a, a white. I don't think it's a Hefeweizen. I don't, it doesn't really taste like a wheat okay so we're down to amber lagers we're down to american american lagers yeah amber ales maybe not amber lagers but vienna style lagers so it doesn't have that vienna lager kind of taste so i want to say that's an american lager uh let's see what what are some American lagers? Why don't you think it's an amber? Why do I think it's an amber? Well, like, a lot about the color. Okay. A lot about, um, there's just not a whole lot of, like I said, there's not a lot of bitterness. There's not a lot of hoppiness, it seems like. Need to kind of think about it. It's sort of like harps from, you know, Guinness Land. But I don't think it's that. It's, uh, I don't know if harps would be classified as a lager. Yeah. yeah, it's a lager. Yeah. But I don't think we can get harps anymore from here. It's not Lone Star. But So you're going to land that it's a... I'm going to say, and this is kind of crazy. It's a light lager. Yeah. Um... It's not San Miguel. Okay. I'm going to say, for right or for wrong, maybe mostly wrong, I think this is a blue moon. Okay. Belgian white. Belgian, well, blue moon's a little. Blue moon's Belgian white. It is a Belgian white, but it's a little dark, dark like this, I think. Okay. So, that's what I think it is, John. All right. Dad has said that this is a blue moon. 
And you'll have to come back next week to find out if I have blinded him on a blue moon again or not. Or or wrong. And, Dad, what are we going to do next week? It is a liquor week. I'm thinking we need to do blended. Okay, blended. Well, well, wait a minute. Well, maybe we need to do smoking the glass. No. No? Veto. I like blended whiskey. Let's do blended whiskeys or blended scotches. Okay. Well, I'm go- I'm going to do the famous grouse. Which is, okay. That kind of fits. That's a blended. <laughs> yep. And then I'm going to do from Compass Box the artist blend. The artist blend. Yep. So we're going to be do we're both going to be doing blended scotches next yeah, week. Yeah, that's what Okay. All right. So I'm not sure what blended bourbons other than the one you got from yeah. uh, Hot Springs. Well, it's been that's not anyway. There, there, we'll we'll have to talk about that next week. What a what all constitutes blended whiskey and why it why it's called that way. So come back next week to find out more about that and listen to us taste through the famous grouse and the compass box. Remember, we're out there on all the socials: Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Please give us a like, follow, or a subscribe, whatever that that platform does. Uh, If you like what we're doing, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email, acquiredtastingsgmail.com, or leave us a review and a rating on your favorite podcast platform. And uh, we really appreciate you guys coming along. We're creeping up on 200 episodes here, Dad. 138 today. I uh, know. We're, we're getting there. So for all of us here at Acquired Tastings. Well, we're creeping up on uh, 12,000 downloads. Can you imagine that? Uh, it's, it's incredible to believe, but. For all of us here at Acquired Tastings, once again, I'm Josh. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Josh. 12,133. Oh my goodness. As of recording this, we have crossed the 12,000 threshold. Can you imagine it? It's it's hard to believe. (laughs) Firewood. Um, But for all of us here at Acquired Tastings, once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you and goodbye.